I knew a few Heathers, now I know a lot of Heathers. Let's get to know one more. Hey, Heather. Welcome to the Hey Heather podcast, where I attempt to interview and get to know as many of the world's Heathers and their stories as humanly possible. I'm your host, Heather Edwards. Today's Heather comes to us from Santa Clarita, California. She's the manager of training for operations and entertainment at Universal Studios Hollywood. How cool is that? We also talk about running marathons. She's completed three full marathons and 40 half marathons to be exact. She gives us the scoop on what it's like to take improv comedy classes and how most of her accomplishments happened after turning 40. She's an inspiration for sure. Please welcome to the show, Heather Stewart. Hey, Heather. Hey, Heather. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited. We've got some cool things to talk about today. Well, I mean, I think I'm cool, but... <laughs> I, I already believe it. From everything you've told me, this sounds awesome. I don't remember what I told you. <laughs> Even better. This will be super It's going to be fun like then. a surprise. <laughs> well, the first thing that I noticed, you are the manager of training and operations and entertainment at Universal Studios Hollywood. Yes. That sounds cool. On furlough. Currently furloughed. But I got a new gig through NBC who owns everything. Ooh. So temporarily I am working, but um, I'm. it's really um, a weird role. It's part of our COVID response team. Okay. So it's the HR department. And really what we're doing is if someone in one of our productions tests positive, we do the contact tracing. We connect with them to make sure they're getting what they need, that they're quarantining, that they're staying home, that anyone they were around is staying home. And really, one of the big things of my job is making sure anyone who comes on set has had a COVID test. So gotcha. it's a lot of like, look it up. Did they have a test? When did they have a test? Is that right. test valid? <laughs> so, um, but our, as you could guess, our productions needed a lot of help to keep going. Yeah. So, and since yeah. the theme parks aren't open, I got really lucky yeah, that they were great. able to give me a temporal. But my normal job is lots of fun, too. I like to tell people I'm a Hogwarts professor. Oh, it sounds so cool. Yeah. What is it like to work at Universal Studios? Um, it's really fun. It's the best job I've ever had. If you're having a bad day, you just go and walk through the park and watch the joy on people's faces and take a picture with one of the characters. Uh, yeah. I miss it a ton. But really, like the day to day is really um, consulting with my business partners. So I oversee training for our operations and entertainment teams. So that would be like ride operators, um, our attractions teams, the face characters you might see um, are what we call park services, which is like the janitorial teams. And I just really consult with the leaders in those departments to see what they need in order to have their teams be successful. Mm -hmm. And I work with them on um, training plans for kind of growing internal talent to be the next leaders, which is my favorite part of the job. Like I love meeting someone and have them say, I want to be a manager and then like helping them get to that point. Yeah. Um, and then I have a couple of people who report to me who we handle like new hire training during the bigger seasons as well. So as you can guess, you know, in the normal world, right before summer, we have a huge hiring um, time and we have to onboard and train all of those people. Yeah. So, I think training and onboarding the characters would be my favorite part. <laughs> that just sounds so cool. I wish I had more to do with that. We really leave that to the experts. Yeah. Um, really, we just make sure it's happening and that people are getting what they need to be successful. Um, my favorite part when I started is 
because um, the Wizarding World and um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Wizarding World um, and because it's so detailed and Warner Brothers and J. King Rowling are very um, protective of their stories. If you are going to work there, you have to take an eight hour class. And so I got to sit in on the eight hour class and I was oh, like, that's so cool. I was crying. <laughs> I was like, this is the best day of my life. I'm such a nerd, but it's funny that we're talking about this because I was, I love Disney um, in general and characters and cartoons and I'm a big kid at heart and I'm always singing or rattling off some, you know, song from some Disney movie. And, and last night I was singing um, something from the Cinderella story. And I was telling my husband, like one of my secret dream jobs would be to be a character at a theme park. I would, I would so own that. <laughs> yeah. It's, I wish they have us do what they call um, on stages when you start working there, which means I work in what's considered a back of the house role. But in order to understand the operation of the park, they ask every back of the house employee to do a few front of the house you know, two, three hour shifts in uniform, you go do it. So um, really the cap is like four, but because I have such a diverse client group, because if you think about it, yeah, I only have five clients, but in the attractions realm, every ride is different. And they're Mm -hmm. so serious about the theming and how they talk to our guests and what they do. I've done like 11 on stages because every time I talk to a manager and I'm like, I'm going to come spend time with at your ride to understand it. Do you want me to be in uniform? And if they're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, cool. So like uh, the day I got to dress like a Hogwarts student was like, Oh, man. I was like, take my picture, da da da, and like going to the Transformers for the day. So even though I don't get to do um, because the the character is very serious and the training's very like even if you're in a full character where you can't see anything like a costume, um, mm-hmm. it's very specific the way you behave and how you get into right. that role. Um, so I would never get to do an onstage like that, but um, I got to be the person who walks around with the character, which was fun. Yeah, too. I would <laughs> if I was in your position, I'd be like, you know, I don't think I understood that fully. I have to. I would suggest going through that again on another date. That sounds so fun. The coolest, one of the funnest things I ever did was I was hanging around with the characters and what we call our production assistants, which are the ones that walk around with the characters. And we had to do what they call minion down training. So as you can imagine, the minions is a very kind of awkward costume. And if one of them falls, there's a very specific way in order to keep the actor safe and the costume and kind of keep the the magic of that character. Um, and so there's a very specific training of how to lift them to, for, <laughs> so it's safe for them and safe for the person. And I'm like, I can't believe this is my job. Like, <laughs> Right? It sounds so yeah. magical. Yeah. So it's cool. really fun. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> That's great. And how long have you been doing that? Um, I've been there about a year and a half, but I've been in the learning and development field for like 15 years. Gotcha. Yeah. I worked for cruise the cruise industry before this. It's, I just picked all the industries that got affected by the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic. Like I was, I was with Princess Cruises and then um, onto this role. I worked for... Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Applebee's before. Yeah. Uh, I worked in their training department for a long time. That's how I got started. And I worked for Pinkberry Frozen Yogurt for a while as oh, well. Wow. So um, Very cool. Yeah. Um, I always say nobody like when you're a little kid and someone says, what do you want to be when you grow up? No one says, I want to be a learning and development professional. Like it's something you fall into. But, yeah. Um, I love it. Like I fell right into the right place. Like 
So it's been great. It sounds yeah. perfect for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. Yeah, some other quite impressive things that I saw <laughs> okay. on your intake form. Let's talk marathons. You have completed three marathons and about 40 half marathons. Yeah, um, about few. 10 years ago, I um, went through this like fitness journey and all of my friends were running. And I tend, I, I always say I'm like a late bloomer, but once I get into it, I like, I go for it. So yeah. um, I remember thinking to myself, I just want to run a 5k. And then I wrote a list of goals. And I wrote, I want to run a marathon in theory, meaning I want to be healthy enough to run a marathon, but I don't actually need to do it. <laughs> right. um, but then, of course, funnily enough, my other Heather, whom I call Ditto, who introduced me to this podcast. Love it. Um, <laughs> um, her and I both, uh, we kind of bonded over running. And so we ran our first 5k together. And then oh, nice. we were training and we started to do this Saturday thing where we'd meet every Saturday and do our little run. And then we decided to run a 10k together. And then we decided to do a half marathon. And then we're like, uh, let's do 10 half marathons next year. And then it was like, okay, I guess the next step is a marathon. And so uh, we just kept going and kept going. Um, and so in 2013, 14 and 15, I did the LA marathon. And I like to say completed it because I did not run the whole time. I did intervals and walked. It still counts. As long as you started at the beginning and crossed the line at the end, that totally counts. <laughs> I agree. But I'm like, I, I just imagine people like imagining me like, ha, go in and go in. And I'm like, that's not what it's like. That shit's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Running is hard. And it was um, the second two years I did. The first year, the weather was perfect. Perfect running weather. I don't know if you're a runner, but like that fall kind of like, or early spring, like crisp, yeah. not too hot, not too cold and sunny is like the sweet spot, like the chef's kiss. And um, LA Marathon is usually in March um, and LA weather is crazy. And the second and third year I did it was the hottest years on record. Um, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> like <laughs> I've never been so miserable <laughs> I bet because you're just sweaty and it's hot and like everything's sticking to you. Like I literally, yeah. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I literally came out of the second year with a huge cold sore. Oh. And I thought, how did I get a cold sore? Like, but I guess if, if that the herpes is within you somewhere and you're overheated, dehydrated, um, if it's your lady time and I had like the trifecta and I was like, Oh man, I was like the marathon gave me the herp. Like, <laughs> and um, the Damn. third year, the third year they learned from the first year and they pushed it back a half hour and like people were outside with their hoses. And oh, even though man. it was rough, um, you could run through the water and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the second year is the year the wheels fell off the wagon for sure. I finished, but uh, it was not pretty. Um, and then, and Ditto was with me two of the three years because one of the years she was pregnant, which was the gotcha. year the wheels fell off. So obviously I can only do these things <laughs> when I'm with my partner in crime. So. Yeah, I've never been a runner. I, I think the longest that I've ever ran was like 10 minutes on a treadmill. Do you have any tips? Like, I would love to run. It's not for everybody. Um, yeah. I have been plagued with injury the last couple years. Um, I actually broke my foot in January, but uh, just stepping off a curb, it happens when you get older. It's just, your body <laughs> just starts to fall apart. Uh, 
Um, but um, I think if if you want to do it, the thing that like literally I love the most, I did, there's an app called C to 5K, which is couch to 5K. And it walks you through like doing intervals. So like the first time you go out and run, you run for 30 seconds and walk for 90 seconds for 20 minutes. And then the second time you run for a minute and walk for a minute for 20 minutes. And by the time you're done, you're running the whole time. And right. that's literally what I did. Like cool. I started doing that. And then um, they had one called B to 10K, which is bridge to 10K. And I think I got through half the program when I was like, I'm just going to go run this 10K at this point. Where I live, it gets very hot. So, you know, run, find the temperature that's right for you. I mean, right. I'm sure you get weather where you're at. Um, more so like we have four seasons, but it's summer, hotter, summer, colder summer. Yeah. Another interesting thing I noted two and a half years ago, you started taking improv classes. Yeah. This is like probably my favorite thing to talk about. Um, Oh, good. (laughs) It's, it's the nearest and dearest right now. Um, cool. Because I've been trying to keep up with some sort of that during the pandemic, even though I can't perform. Um, I was never a perform. I mean, I guess I was always a performer, but I never performed on stage. I right. think I tried out for one musical in high school and didn't get it. I was always really worried about what people thought about me. And um, that changes as you get older. And I took a, I've always been interested in improv and comedy and second and the second city, which is a very famous comedy um, theater in the United States. It's a feeder for Saturday night live. Oh, cool. And they have, um, they have theaters and training centers in Chicago and Los Angeles. Oh, sorry. That's my dog back there. Uh, um, through work, I found a workshop called Improv for Leaders. And I thought, oh, you know what? This is a great thing to do. And I got work to pay for it. Oh, nice. That's even better. Yeah. So I went to this workshop and really all of the lessons resonated with me anyway. And then I was talking to the instructor and he said, you know, you have an affinity for this. You should take classes. And I thought, I'm over 40 and I have no intention of being like a performer. I'm not trying to act like I don't want to do that. And he was like, you'd be surprised the kind of people who take classes just sign up for a class. So in true Heather Stewart form, I signed up for a class like three months later because I had to think about it and stew (laughs) on it and do my own like mental work on it. Um, And I signed up for what they call an intensive, which is it's the same as their normal class, which usually takes six weeks, but you do it in three eight hour days in a row. Whoa. And I thought, look it, if I hate it, I only wasted three days. Right. (laughs) But I didn't hate it. I loved it. So, and after every class, I'd be like, I don't know if I'm going to sign up for the next level. And then two days later, I'd sign up for the next level (laughs) to the point where now I was auditioning for levels because it gets the higher you get. You have to audition. I'd never auditioned. I had to get headshots made. I never had a headshot in my life. So I have like a drawer of like 20 headshots that I only use for auditions at school. Um, uh, And I had to do a resume. You had to do a theatrical resume. And mine was like, I took this class, this class, and this class. (laughs) Special skills. Uh, I like tacos. I don't know. Like It was just like, but I just fell in love with it. And they, um, I ended up, Uh, getting into what they call their conservatory, which is their what they describe as their master's program for improv and sketch comedy. Awesome. And what they really teach you is how to create a sketch comedy, like review. So like a Saturday Night Live style review. Um, And so your graduation from that is that you create this, you end up getting cast into a group, you get a director, and you spend about six months writing and perfecting what they call 
improvised sketch. So I would come up, our teacher would say, come up with an infomercial or commercial idea parody for next week. All, all the people who were in our class would pitch their parody and we'd improvise what we thought it would be. And then he wrote everything down. And then as we got closer, we'd start weeding them out. We'd start practicing in front of crowds to see if they would laugh. And so then the last six weeks, you perform on the main stage for an hour. And um, our our um, sketch team was called Jane Fonda's Cellmates because <laughs> we came together about the time Jane Fonda was getting arrested every Friday and we were all women, oh, man. Uh, which was really cool to be cast in an all women review. Um, yeah. So a lot of our... Uh, a lot of our sketches were very topical and very, you know, about things that women deal with and um, a lot of satire within that. And yeah. then um, we actually got extended. Keep going in March of this year. <laughs> so we know cool. that didn't happen. Well, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, our, we lucked out, though. Our, our run ended like February 26th or something like that. Um, and so we had gotten extended to do two shows in March and then that didn't happen. But um, uh yeah, so um, I, because I loved it so much throughout quarantine, I've been continuously taking improv classes, doing little sketches with friends. I'm not great at the whole video thing, but I have friends that are so kind of like videotaping myself and sending it to them. I did, um, my friends wrote a boob song for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I did the rap for it. Um, just like really fun. I'll send you the I link. I love it. Please do. I need li- as many links as you can send me to yeah. any of your content. I think this is the coolest thing ever. I don't have a lot of online content. That's that's the truth. Um, but I'm learning how to do it. And then, you know what I've really done? I've The two coolest things I've done in quarantine. Number one is I started taking uh, sketch writing classes. And I didn't realize how much I loved writing sketches and coming up with specifically like satire, like our community and our world is so rich and things we could make fun of right now. Yes. <laughs> um, and yes. especially if you have a specific point of view. So um, coming from my point of view, which is pretty liberal, um, I had a lot of uh, content I could use in the world. So <laughs> I've really enjoyed doing that. And then um, I took um, a class through Freestyle Love Supreme. So I don't know if you know what that is, but that's Lin-Manuel Miranda was in a uh, freestyle rap improv group. And they were actually on Broadway last year for a limited run. It's called Freestyle Love Supreme. And they offer workshops, like you do this weekend workshop where you learn to freestyle rap. What? And it's all improvised. Like you get something and they're like, okay, rap it. And it was like, I it was too three hour days. And I swear at the end of the six hours, I was crying. I was like, I need to do this so much more. So um, just trying to figure out how I can incorporate that into my life some more. Right. But those have been, it's like kept me sane during this time of not being able to perform. It's kept those creative juices flowing. Um, I'd love to get back on stage though. (laughs) Yeah. Can you, is there any kind of like, Hey Heather freestyle that you could spit right now? Um, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I mean, What's up? Um, let's see. Uh, we're all together. We're a bunch of Heathers. We listen to each other and we learn from each other. We've got lots of plants. We do a lot of things. Everyone we know has a lot of things. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> I, love I wanted it. to put something about the feet because the feet has been a hot topic on the Instagram. <laughs> Oh, not the, the shoes? Size. I know. I, I have the big feet. So I'm one of the big feet, Heathers. What and so size? we're like uniting. I'm like an 11 
to 12 There's a wide. lot of 11s coming out of the yeah. woodworks. Yeah, yeah, I'm a nine. Nothing exciting. I think because uh, it's hard to find shoes. Like nine right. is kind of where, I think nine is where they stop making bulk. And then they do like, we have a few 10s and we have maybe two 11s. Um, but mine are wide. Mm-hmm. I ha- So my husband is a 14. So he always has that problem. And he cannot, like, you can't even find shoes. And then I have an aunt. I, <laughs> oh, Jenny, if you're listening. Um, so I don't, I'm going to guess, I can't remember exactly. And I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong, Jenny. But I swear she said her shoe size is like four and a half or something. Like when she got married, she had to get like kids shoes dyed to match her dress because her feet are so small. I, can't imagine. I may be exaggerating on the size, but I swear like four or four and a half. How do you stand I'm, up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she's very petite. Thank God. She's not like, she's got the whole package. She's, she's a small gal. So it works for her. It doesn't look like freakish or anything, but I'm like, man, those are tiny feet. I need the big feet to hold me up. So it's fine. Yeah. Everyone's got the appropriate size feet. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. My, my mom always was like, I married your dad and he was five foot 10. And then I had these huge babies. And she was like, so I asked your dad, I was like, my family's not big. What's what's up? And he's like, well, I had an uncle who was so big. We called him Bear Claw. And my mom's like, Whoa. oh, she, he's like, yeah, I'm the runt of the family. So like okay, dang good. things i could have learned earlier in our relationship right bear claw yeah, uncle oh, bear man. claw that's what he called it wow yeah so also cool you mentioned that a lot of the personal accomplishments you just mentioned and most of them as a matter of fact happened after you turned 40. yeah i think the only one that didn't was i ran my first marathon four months before my 40th birthday so I mean, right. technically, it was my 40th year. Um, yeah, I think I finally got my groove and stopped caring so much what other people think, which, again, like I'm a late bloomer. It took me a long time to learn that lesson. But once I learned it, I was like, meh, I'm going to go do whatever I want. Right? I wish more people would learn that so much earlier on in yeah. life. And I hate it just makes me roll my eyes so much. And like, I get it. Everyone's got their own journey or whatever but when you see like people in their 20s right and they're just like oh like (laughs) i don't even know what i'm trying to say let me think of an example but they're just like bitching about like you know i don't have enough time or you know this is what i'm gonna do forever i'm like 20s come no there's so much more time to like get your shit together and figure out what you want to do i love that list where it talks about like who is it uh morgan freeman and like all those people that like they didn't even get their start until like 45 50 like hello i think that it just remembering that everyone has their own journey and path like i i don't mean to keep bringing up ditto but like she was one of those people knew what she wanted to be when she grew up when she was a kid like finished college early and went into her career and got married and had two kids. Like we are both named Heather, but our lives are so different and our journeys are so different, but we have a lot of stuff in common too. And we're able like right now where we walk once a week instead of run and she pushes a stroller with the two kids in it. Cause back yeah. before when we were started running, it was, we'd go out for mimosas afterwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But, um, and it's, what's cool about it is that everyone's journey is a little different. That doesn't make it wrong, but like to stop learning and growing, I think that's what the big thing is. Like I was not meant to graduate college in my twenties. I was meant to do it in my late 30s. I got my bachelor's in my late 30s and my master's in my early 40s. Like mm-hmm. 
to me, I was a much better student. I knew what I wanted. I was able to focus. In my 20s, I was like, when's my next beer? Like, there's no way I would have been able to do it then. But that doesn't mean that's the journey for someone else. And then I think my my biggest thing is like never stop growing. Like if you want to do something, try it. You don't have like it's yeah. none of it is a commitment. I could have taken that first improv class and been like, meh, not for me. And then all I lost was a weekend, right? Like yeah. I could have ran my first marathon and been like, okay, lots of training. Now I never have to do that again. Plenty of people do that. They put on their bucket list, they run it, and then they go, cool, what's next? So yeah. And that's what I meant earlier. I just hate when people feel like if they don't figure it out in their 20s, that like, that's it. Yeah. Like, oh, well, my time's up. Oh, hell no. You don't realize how long life is. Like, you do have a lot of time to figure yourself out. I hate to break it to you, but you're never going to figure it out. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I mean, though. It's like, don't be like, oh, well, this didn't work. So I'm just going to, you know, run out the clock. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. To all those young people, (laughs) you're never going to figure it out. And if you like you can really do pretty much anything you set your mind to. Like that's what running taught me was like, I decided I was going to run a marathon. I put in the work and I ran a marathon. If I want to learn how to fly a plane and I put in the work, I could fly a plane. That doesn't interest me. So I'm not going to do it, but that's really the lesson it taught me. Like put in the work and you can do it. Exactly. I don't know. And it doesn't matter how old you are, put in the work and do it, do it. Like it might be harder. It might take longer, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. For sure. Yeah. This is this is Come good on stuff. Now. Come on now. Yeah. Inspiration time. Exactly. This is the inspiration station. That's my yes. rap for you today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Are there any social media accounts or websites or anything that you want to share or promote so the listeners can check it out? You know, I, I'm just me. I don't have like a comedy account or anything, but you're welcome yet. to follow me. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, you're welcome to follow me on Instagram. It's Heather K Stewart 17. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Follow me. I post lots of pictures of my dog. If I do something funny, I do post it there. So you could go back there and find some link to a couple things. Um, I'm going to figure out this whole like creative web content thing eventually. (laughs) Yeah. I'm leaving it to the masters right now. I'm, I'm the woman behind the man. Cool. So this has been such a fun conversation. I'm glad we got to do this. Yes. Anytime you want to come back on. Yeah. Let's do it. I asked my mom why I was named Heather. Oh, do you, duh. Yeah. Yes. Why I were just, you named Heather? I was like, I really asked my mom and I got the whole lay down. Thank so. you for reminding me. You're welcome. Gosh. It's no problem. Jeez. Uh, that was the only question you were like, find out why your yes. name's Heather. So um, <laughs> I was born in the early 70s and my mom, my last name is Stuart. My mom grew up with a very American first name and a very ethnic last name. She's Italian. Her last name was Del Pagetto. And she didn't love that it didn't kind of didn't match. So she wanted a Scottish first name. So she started looking it up and she fell in love with Heather and she worked in a pediatrician's office in San Francisco. So she looked it up and only like two Heathers were born um, that year. And so when she told people my name was Heather, like her aunt was like, Oh, that's weird. That's like a hippie name. Like everyone thought she was weird. (laughs) And then, um, so I'm Heather Kathleen Stewart. Kathleen was my grandmother's name, my dad's mom. And so that's why I was named Heather. But then of course I went to first grade and there was like five Heathers in my class and my, you know, one of my best friends name is Heather to this day. And yeah, I was Heather S my whole life. <laughs> so, yep. That's yeah. so cool, though. Yeah. I love that your mom was like, let me check the registry. Yeah. How many Heather? How many there was like so far <laughs> in one pediatrician's office in San Francisco, which 
Like, right. Uh, come on. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, she really wanted names to go with that. that. I love it. So that's why. Thank you for sharing and for reminding me. Oh, no the problem. The one thing that I ask people, I have lately been forgetting to ask. That's all right. That's the only <laughs> thing I had left to say. So it was good. Cool. All right. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your week. Let's keep in touch. Yes. And I'll see you around on the Instagram. Yes. And I'll, uh, maybe I'll post one of those videos again. So, you, so it's up near the yes. top so you can see it. Please. All right. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. You can also sign up to receive updates and other podcast news on our website, theheyheatherpodcast.com, or follow us on Instagram at theheyheatherpodcast. I knew a few Heathers, now I know a lot of Heathers. Let's get to know one more. Hey, Heather.